Chapter Twelve of Quaidan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in March two thousand and ten. Quaidan Stories and Studies of Strange Things by Lafcadio Hearn. Chapter Twelve. The Story of Aoyagi in the era of bumei 1469 to 1486 there was a young samurai called tomotada in the service of hatakeyama yoshimune the lord of noto tomotada was a native of echizen but at an early age he had been taken as page into the palace of the daimyo of noto and had been educated under the supervision of that prince for the profession of arms as he grew up he proved himself both a good scholar and a good soldier and continued to enjoy the favour of his prince being gifted with an amiable character a winning address and a very handsome person he was admired and much liked by his samurai comrades when tomotada was about twenty years old he was sent upon a private mission to hosokawa masamoto the great daimyo of kyoto a kinsman of hatakeyama yoshimune having been ordered to journey through echizen the youth requested and obtained permission to pay a visit on the way to his widowed mother it was the coldest period of the year when he started and though mounted upon a powerful horse he found himself obliged to proceed slowly the road which he followed passed through a mountain district where the settlements were few and far between and on the second day of his journey after a weary ride of hours he was dismayed to find that he could not reach his intended halting-place until late in the night he had reasons to be anxious for a heavy snowstorm came on with an intensely cold wind and the horse showed signs of exhaustion but in that trying moment tomotada unexpectedly perceived the thatched roof of a cottage on the summit of a near hill where willow trees were growing with difficulty he urged his tired animal to the dwelling and he loudly knocked upon the storm doors which had been closed against the wind an old woman opened them and cried out compassionately at the sign of the handsome stranger ah how pitiful a young gentleman travelling alone in such weather Dain young master to enter tomotada dismounted and after leading his horse to a shed in the rear entered the cottage where he saw an old man and a girl warming themselves by a fire of bamboo splints they respectfully invited him to approach the fire and the old folks then proceeded to warm some rice wine and to prepare food for the traveller whom they ventured to question in regard to his journey meanwhile the young girl disappeared behind a screen tomotada had observed with astonishment that she was extremely beautiful though her attire was of the most wretched kind and her long loose hair in disorder he wondered that so handsome a girl should be living in such a miserable and lonesome place the old man said to him honoured sir the next village is far and the snow is falling thickly the wind is piercing and the road is very bad therefore to proceed further this night would probably be dangerous although this hovel is unworthy of your presence and although we have not any comfort to offer perhaps it were safer to remain to-night under this miserable roof we would take good care of your horse 
tomotada accepted this humble proposal secretly glad of the chance thus afforded him to see more of the young girl presently a coarse but ample meal was set before him and the girl came from behind the screen to serve the wine she was now reclad in a rough but cleanly robe of homespun and her long loose hair had been neatly combed and smoothed as she bent forward to fill his cup tomotada was amazed to perceive that she was incomparably more beautiful than any woman whom he had ever before seen and there was a grace about her every motion that astonished him but the elders began to apologize for her saying sir our daughter aoyagi has been brought up here in the mountains almost alone and she knows nothing of gentle service we pray that you will pardon her stupidity and her ignorance tomotada protested that he deemed himself lucky to be waited upon by so comely a maiden he could not turn his eyes away from her though he saw that his admiring gaze made her blush and he left the wine and food untasted before him the mother said kind sir we very much hope that you will try to eat and to drink a little though our peasant fare is of the worst as you must have been chilled by that piercing wind then to please the old folks tomotada ate and drank as he could but the charm of the blushing girl still grew upon him he talked with her and found that her speech was sweet as her face brought up in the mountains as she might have been but in that case her parents must at some time been persons of high degree for she spoke and moved like a damsel of rank suddenly he addressed her with a poem which was also a question inspired by the delight in his heart tatsune tsuru hanakatote koso hibokurase akenoni otoru akane sasuran being on my way to pay a visit i found that which i took to be a flower therefore here i spent the day why in the time before dawn the dawn-blush tint should glow that indeed i know not without a moment's hesitation she answered him in these verses itsuru hino homemeku irowo wagasore ni tsutsumaba asumo kimiya tomaran if with my sleeve i hid the fair color of the dawning sun then perhaps in the morning my lord will remain then tomotada knew that she accepted his admiration and he was scarcely less surprised by the art with which she had uttered her feelings in verse than delighted by the assurance which the verses conveyed he was now certain that in all his world he could not hope to meet much less to win a girl more beautiful and witty than this rustic maid before him and a voice in his heart seemed to cry out urgently take the luck that the gods have put in your way in short he was bewitched bewitched to such a degree that without further preliminary he asked the old people to give him their daughter in marriage telling them at the same time his name and lineage and his rank in the train of the lord of noto they bowed down before him with many exclamations of grateful astonishment but after some moments of apparent hesitation the father replied honored master you are a person of high position and likely to rise to still higher things too great is the favor that you deign to offer us indeed the depth of our gratitude therefore is not to be spoken or measured but this girl of ours being a stupid country girl of vulgar birth with no training or teaching of any sort 
it would be improper to let her become the wife of a noble samurai even to speak of such a matter is not right but since you find the girl to your liking and have condescended to pardon her peasant manners and to overlook her great rudeness we do gladly present her to you for a humble handmaid deign therefore to act hereafter in her regard according to your august pleasure ere morning the storm had passed and day broke through a cloudless east even if the sleeve of aoyagi hid from her lover's eyes the rose blush of that dawn he could no longer tarry but neither could he resign himself to part with the girl and when everything had been prepared for his journey he thus addressed her parents though it may seem thankless to ask for more than i have already received i must again beg you to give me your daughter for wife it would be difficult for me to separate from her now and as she is willing to accompany me if you permit i can take her with me as she is if you will give her to me i shall ever cherish you as parents and in the meantime please do accept this poor acknowledgment of your kindest hospitality so saying he placed before his humble host a purse of gold ryo but the old man after many prostrations gently pushed back the gift and said kind master the gold would be of no use to us and you will probably have need of it during your long cold journey here we buy nothing and we could not spend so much money upon ourselves even if we wished as for the girl we have already bestowed her as a free gift she belongs to you therefore it is not necessary to ask our leave to take her away already she has told us that she hopes to accompany you and to remain your servant for as long as you may be willing to endure her presence we are only too happy to know that you deign to accept her and we pray that you will not trouble yourself on our account in this place we could not provide her with proper clothing much less with a dowry moreover being old we should in any event have to separate from her before long therefore it is very fortunate that you should be willing to take her with you now it was in vain that tomotara tried to persuade the old people to accept a present he found that they cared nothing for money but he saw that they were really anxious to trust their daughter's fate to his hands and he therefore decided to take her with him so he placed her upon his horse and bade the old folks farewell for the time being with many sincere expressions of gratitude honoured sir the father made answer it is we and not you who have reason for gratitude we are sure that you will be kind to our girl and we have no fears for her sake here in the japanese original there is a queer break in the natural course of the narration which therefrom remains curiously inconsistent nothing further is said about the mother of tomotada or about the parents of aoyagi or about the daimyo of noto evidently the writer wearied of his work at this point and hurried the story very carelessly to its startling end i am not able to supply his omissions or to repair his faults of construction but i must venture to put in a few explanatory details without which the rest of the tale would not hold together it appears that tomotada rashly took aoyagi with him to kyoto and so got into trouble but we are not informed as to where the couple lived afterwards now a samurai was not allowed to marry without the consent of his lord and tomotada could not expect to obtain this sanction before his mission had been accomplished 
he had reason under such circumstances to fear that the beauty of aoyagi might attract dangerous attention and that means might be devised of taking her away from him in kyoto he therefore tried to keep her hidden from curious eyes but the retainer of lord hosokawa one day caught sight of aoyagi discovered her relation to tomotada and reported the matter to the daimyo thereupon the daimyo a young prince and fond of pretty faces gave orders that the girl should be brought to the palace and she was taken thither at once without ceremony tomotada sorrowed unspeakably but he knew himself powerless he was only a humble messenger in the service of a far-off daimyo and for the time being he was at the mercy of a much more powerful daimyo whose wishes were not to be questioned moreover tomotada knew that he had acted foolishly that he had brought about his own misfortune by entering into a clandestine relation which the code of the military class condemned there was now but one hope for him a desperate hope that aoyagi might be able and willing to escape and to flee with him after long reflection he resolved to try to send her a letter the attempt would be dangerous of course any writing sent to her might find its way to the hands of the daimyo and to send a love letter to any inmate of the palace was an unpardonable offence but he resolved to dare the risk and in the form of a chinese poem he composed the letter which he endeavoured to have conveyed to her the poem was written with only twenty-eight characters but with those twenty-eight characters he was about to express all the depth of his passion and to suggest all the pain of his loss koshi osan gojin wo ryokuju namida votarete rakin wo hitataru komon hitotabi irite fukaki koto umi no kotoshi koriyori shoro korerojin closely closely the youthful prince now follows after the gem-bright maid the tears of the fair one falling have moistened all her robes but the august lord having once become enamoured of her the depth of his longing is like the depth of the sea therefore it is only i that am left forlorn only i that am left to wander alone on the evening of the day after his poem had been sent tomotada was summoned to appear before the lord hosokawa the youth at once suspected that his confidence had been betrayed and he could not hope if his letter had been seen by the daimyo to escape the severest penalty now he will order my death thought tomotada but i do not care to live unless aoyagi be restored to me besides if the death sentence be passed i can at least try to kill hosokawa he slipped his sword into his girdle and hastened to the palace on entering the presence-room he saw the lord hosokawa seated upon the dais surrounded by samurai of high rank in caps and robes of ceremony all were silent as statues and while tomotada advanced to make obeisance the hush seemed to him sinister and heavy like the stillness before a storm but hosokawa suddenly descended from the dais and while taking the youth by the arm began to repeat the words of the poem koshi oson gojin wo and tomotada looking up saw kindly tears in the prince's eyes then said hosokawa because you love each other so much i have taken it upon myself to authorize your marriage in lieu of my kinsman the lord of noto and your wedding shall now be celebrated before me the guests are assembled the gifts are ready 
at a signal from the lord the sliding screens concealing a further apartment were pushed open and tomotada saw the many dignitaries of the court assembled for the ceremony and aoyagi awaiting him in bride's apparel thus she was given back to him and the wedding was joyous and splendid and precious gifts were made to the young couple by the prince and by the members of his household for five happy years after that wedding tomotada and aoyagi dwelt together but one morning aoyagi while talking with her husband about some household matter suddenly uttered a great cry of pain and then became very white and still after a few moments she said in a feeble voice pardon me for thus rudely crying out but the pain was so sudden my dear husband our union must have been brought about through some karma relation in the former state of existence and that happy relation i think will bring us again together in more than one life to come but for this present existence of ours the relation is now ended we are about to be separated repeat for me i beseech you the nembutsu prayer because i am dying oh what strange wild fancies cried the startled husband you are only a little unwell my dear one lie down for a while and rest and the sickness will pass no no she responded i am dying i do not imagine it i know and it were needless now my dear husband to hide the truth from you any longer i am not a human being the soul of a tree is my soul the heart of a tree is my heart the sap of the willow is my life and someone at this cruel moment is cutting down my tree that is why i must die even to weep when now beyond my strength quickly quickly repeat the nembutsu for me quickly ah with another cry of pain she turned aside her beautiful head and tried to hide her face behind her sleeve but almost in the same moment her whole form appeared to collapse in the strangest way and to sink down 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 level with the floor tomotada had sprung to support her but there was nothing to support there lay on the matting only the empty robes of the fair creature and the ornaments that she had worn in her hair the body had ceased to exist tomotada shaved his head took the buddhist vows and became an itinerant priest he travelled through all the provinces of the empire and at holy places which he visited he offered up prayers for the soul of aoyagi reaching echizen in the course of his pilgrimage he sought the home of the parents of his beloved but when he arrived at the lonely place among the hills where their dwelling had been he found that the cottage had disappeared there was nothing to mark even the spot where it had stood except the stumps of three willows two old trees and one young tree that had been cut down long before his arrival beside the stumps of those willow trees he erected a memorial tomb inscribed with diverse holy texts and he there performed many buddhist services on behalf of the spirits of aoyagi and of her parents End of chapter 12